please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome back, everybody. Another super awesome interview today with Cassie, the host of Everybody Health and Mindset podcast. Her podcast is freaking fantastic. And I met Cassie on one of the yoga hikes that I lead through Namaste in Nature. So if you ever want to come on one of those with me, I lead them every Friday to this super epic waterfall, but you can also just go to namasteinnature.com and um, they, le- they run them every day of the week, but I'm not the only guide. So if you wanted to come with me specifically, you could just send booking a- an email and ask for me to be your guide. Or if you book on Fridays, unless for some reason I'm out of town, which I think I've got like one more planned this year in September because I'll be out of town for my yoga teacher training, my yoga therapy training. Um, other than that, every Friday, if you just book on a Friday, boom, it'll be me. It'd be great. I meet some fantastic souls on these trips. Cassie is one of them. And we just got to chatting about what we do for a living, right? And found out that both of us have podcasts. And I've been listening to her podcast ever since I met her on the trail. Her podcast is fantastic. Of course, it'll be linked in the show notes. Um, she has some great stuff to share. And so what we did with this interview actually is um, we just recorded one set of audio and we're going to use the same audio for both of our podcasts. So if you go check out her podcast and expect to hear something different of me being interviewed on her podcast, it'll be the same as this episode, but she has a ton of other really great episodes. I love listening to her podcast. So check it out. They're short. I, you know, I always try to make my episodes shorter and I keep failing at that. So Cassie does a really good job and they're super helpful. I find, um, so check her out, but then also announcement, um, starting next Monday, September 6th. So that's Labor Day. It's a holiday in the U S here. Um, but at 8 PM, I will be hosting the first free virtual new moon circle. So I'll link that in the show notes too, but you can also go to yogiscopes.com slash new moon circle, just all one word like that. Um, it'll be linked in the show notes, but you can go there and um, sign up. So if you just sign up with your name and email, that's all you need because you'll get the Zoom link to your email. But if you want to throw in your birth information there, it's optional. Um, I'll send you a really nice copy of your birth chart if you include that. And then of course I'd like to offer another little reminder of the full moon mini retreat coming up in person in Asheville on for the full moon in September. It'll be on September 20th on a Monday. Um and if there's enough interest, if y'all reach out to me if you really want something virtually for the new moon, or I mean the full moon, um we can look into that. It will just probably not be um it might be on the evening of the full moon. Um, but it won't be free, like the new moon offerings always will be, or at least for the foreseeable future, the new moon offerings will be free because I just really want to create community. I want to I want to get to know you guys. I, you know, you hear me talk every week, and I want to hear y'all talk some and have a space where we can all share and feel supported and learn about the yoga and astrology uh, to help with the energies of the cosmos going on, you know, for the 
whatever lunar cycle we're on when we have the meeting. So I hope I can see y'all there Monday, September 6th at 8 p.m. It's free. It's virtual. Please join us. Go to yogiscope.com slash new moon circle or look for that link in the show notes. And without further ado, we will get into our interview with Cassie, the host of Everybody Podcast. She is a physical therapist assistant turned personal trainer and holistic health coach. She has a lot of great stuff to share. So here we go. I'm Rosemary, Hi. host of The Science of Light. Today and I'm with... I'm Cassie. Um, I'm the host of Everybody Health and Mindset. So we are both podcasters. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on the show you already listened to, but um, Cassie and I met on the trail here in North Carolina. Cassie came on one of my yoga hikes and we decided we both needed to talk together more about what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of funny how we both just randomly connected one day and um, <laughs> I signed up for a hike um, when I was on vacation in North Carolina and it was a hike plus meditation and some yoga um, that actually got delayed a couple of days because of a lot of rain. Um, but yeah, we were able to connect and started talking and realized we both have podcasts. Um, and one thing that stood out to me right away when I started listening to your podcast is we are both um, a good combination of science based, but also um, mindset and uh, kind of that Eastern Western combination of, of belief. So I thought that was really cool um, once I started listening to your podcast that we really do have so much in common. Totally. Same. And I also think it's kind of interesting. I don't know. My show right now maybe isn't as motivational per se as yours, but I love ever since we met that day on the trail, I've loved listening to your show because they're nice short little episodes that are like super good mindset hacks. And it's so helpful. I can just put it on while I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do chores for this 20 minutes to, to, to kind of like break up my work day and just listen to what you have to say. And it's always like really good. So um, I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, can Do you want to start first with like telling kind of your story and how your show evolved or whatever, you know, you want to share with that? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh my gosh, could be like all day, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So I will start talking about um, my podcasting journey first. So my podcasting journey started in November of 2020. And that really came after um, a year of really a lot of personal growth through that year of 2020. So for a lot of people that year really stuck, and I could say there was some bad stuff for us too. Um, but I think it gave me an opportunity to really figure out kind of a little more about who I am and do a little more um, personal development. You know, I wasn't so busy with life that I had time to slow down and start paying attention to myself. So um, a little background on me. 
is I um, grew up in a family um, that had a lot of addiction. So my dad was an alcoholic and my mom used drugs. Um, you know, to this day, it's still kind of questionable what she was using at different times um, because she's never really been open with me about her um, about her use. But, you know, um, I had some times in my childhood that were pretty normal, like both my parents would be sober at the same time and sometimes where one would be or the other would be. Um, but my sister, I had an older sister. She's a little less than six years older than me. So she was always the one that kind of took care of me. Um, when my parents weren't or couldn't. Uh, and so I grew up in just a lot of, I guess, chaos and stress. And I think sometimes I realized there was a difference between my family and others, and sometimes I really didn't. Um, and I didn't really realize how much growing up in that environment really affected my mental health, um, especially going into high school by that Time, my sister was old enough to move out and she moved out like the minute she could. Um, and I definitely don't blame her for that at all. So it ended up just being myself and my mom through high school. Um, and my mom would, was, you know, not around much. So I was pretty independent. Um, it's kind of surprising when I look back, <laughs> how like, I don't know how I didn't like fall off the planet and just disappear somewhere because I don't know that anyone was really keeping an eye on me. Um, <laughs> but I, fortunately, I was always a really good student. So like school came easy to me. Um, and it was something that I think I appreciated and enjoyed because it was something I was good at. So um, and school and sports were kind of my thing. Um, I started playing basketball when I was in seventh grade. And kind of to this day, I say basketball is a sport that probably saved my life. Um, I, you know, I never personally had huge problems with addiction. I, you know, throughout high school, I definitely would drink, um, probably more than anything else. Uh, but I always seemed to be able to just like keep myself on the right path in general. Um, but I did struggle with a lot of like self-esteem issues. So even though, um, you know, I was getting good grades and I was excelling in sports and things like that. I still just kind of always believed that I just wasn't good enough, maybe, or um, that there was always somebody better than me or I didn't deserve to be proud of the things that I was achieving um, or, you know, things like that. And I definitely always had this sense of like I needed to be in a relationship with someone. Like I needed that like validation, like I needed a boyfriend or I needed somebody um, to kind of validate that I, I don't know, that I was whatever, pretty or worthy or, or whatever. Um, and so that got me into a little bit of trouble going into college. Um, I was playing basketball at, at a school, um, and I wasn't living on campus. I was, I had my own apartment, so I moved out I think during my senior year in high school, I'm pretty sure I got an apartment with a friend of mine before I graduated um, from high school. So it was like, once I turned 18, I was, I was gone, kind of like my sister. Um, and so I was driving back and forth to school. So I never really connected, even with like the girls on my team, or, you know, people at school or whatever, because I was 
going back and forth. So it was like I was working a lot of hours, going to school, playing basketball. Um, and of course, I had a boyfriend that um, was also very into opioids. So that was, um, you know, it was like I fell right into the relationship that I grew up in, I guess, with my parents. Um, and it definitely pulled me away from kind of my focus. So, and, you know, again, throughout that time, like, I had time where I would like take pills with him or whatever, but for some reason, like I've never had a problem with addiction, which is interesting looking at like where I come from or what my background was, where I came from. Um, so it was, it kind of got to this point where after basketball season was over, I had like zero want or engagement to be at school. So I just stopped going my second semester of college once the season was over. And, um, I pretty much, I mean, I didn't even like, I guess I dropped out. I didn't tell anyone I was leaving. You know, I just kept getting voicemails from my teachers and my coach, like, where are you? And I just never answered them. Um, and then I ended up pregnant. Um, you know, I was, I was 19. So it was like the summer after it would have been my first full year of college. And at the time I, I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted to have a baby because I wanted to tie this person to me. Like, again, like all I wanted was like to make a family and, and I don't know, looking back now, it sounds stupid, but at the time I just was like, you know, I, I wanted the validation that yeah. somebody cared about me, that somebody loved me, that somebody, and in my mind, that's what did it for me. Totally. That makes sense. I don't think that sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, but of course, a relationship of two, you know, 19 year olds where there are, there's obviously addiction involved. Um, and that relationship was obviously not a healthy one for me. Um, there was definitely a lot of like verbal and emotional abuse in that relationship. Um, and I think by the time my son was about a year old was when I ended up leaving his dad. But at that point I had just dug myself in such a big hole. Um, luckily I still had a job. I still had the same job. I was working at a daycare the whole time since even since high school. Nice. Um, and you know, I just kind of finally decided to leave. There was obviously a lot that happened in those yeah. couple of years with him. Um, but it basically got to the point where I realized I was in a relationship that was just like my parents. You know, mm. it was full of addiction, yelling, arguing, fighting. Um, that left me just feeling drained. And, you know, it just it wasn't worth it to me anymore. So... Um, I think that really might've been my first step in like realizing that I deserve better than that. Um, so I went back to school and I got an associate degree in physical therapy. And during that time I met who is now my husband. <laughs> um, nice. and we dated for a while, you know, I had a child, so we, um, we weren't super serious at first. I didn't necessarily bring him into my son's life right away. Um, but eventually it led to us deciding we wanted to be together. Um, and so 
I also decided I wanted to play basketball again. Cool. So I went back to the college that I completely disappeared from, <laughs> you know, four years or whatever prior. Wow. And I talked to my coach who was still there. And I said, you know, I feel I really want to play. I feel like I did myself a disservice. And um, he let me back on the team, which was really cool. So uh, I was about, you know, probably like 24 years old, 23, 24, on a team of, you know, 18 to 21 year olds. <laughs> um, but it was really cool. So I got to play another season yeah. of basketball. And um, I was back in school. And I ended up playing just one more season. And then I switched to um, one of the adult programs so that I could work, which yeah. was important for me to work and provide insurance uh, for my son and things like that. But it was really cool that I got to go back and do that. That is cool. Um, so beyond that, I, I did get get uh, my bachelor's degree in business management and leadership. Wow. And um, I just kind of got it to get it. And I know you went you went back kind of for the same reason. Yeah. Like you just want to finish it. You want to, yeah. you want to be able to say that you did it. Yeah. Um, and so I had no idea what I would use it for, not knowing that it's super applicable to my life now. But at the time it was kind of like, I just did it because I wanted to prove myself that I could, that I could finish and that mm -hmm. I could do it. So, um, I, that kind of brings me into like this last decade where I was working at a hospital. I work in, uh, I worked at an outpatient physical therapy uh, clinic where um, I worked with a lot of chronic pain. So I would say probably about 80% of my day was spent working with patients who had chronic pain, back pain, neck pain are the two most common, but you know, other things like headaches and shoulders. And I mean, pretty much I, treated everything from the head to the feet, um, mm -hmm. mixed in with some other stuff. I did pregnancy and postpartum as a running specialist, um, and really kind of established myself, um, as a professional at that time, which was cool, but I, uh, was just really unhappy during that time. So mm -hmm. my, you know, during this time that I was working there, my husband, and I got married, we had, we had a baby of our own. Um, and like, I guess if you looked on the outside, it probably looked like everything, like it was everything someone wanted, right? Yeah. I was married. I had two kids. We bought a house. I had a good stable job. Like I'm checking all the boxes. Um, but I was just extremely unhappy. I was very depressed still, even though from the outside, it's like, what do I have to be sad about? You know? Um, but that's kind of the way depression works to it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could be the richest, most successful person in the world and be extremely depressed. So, um, so that's where I kind of found my way back to fitness, um, and just physical exercise. I've, you know, like I said, I've, I've always been an athlete and considered myself an athlete, but after I had my daughter, um, I really kind of re-engaged with that identity, um, and started using, exercise as a way to manage my depression, um, on top of medication and therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that, you know, it's important for people to talk about that because, um, lots of people that I even talk about today say, Oh, I don't want to take the meds and I don't want to rely on them. And I was that same person, but, um, you know, it's, it's important for people to know that 
it's not shameful to yeah. get help for yourself. So, um, so I started working that way. And then really in my profession with physical therapy, I just was unhappy because I felt like I was just putting band-aids on people. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of obviously research and studying and especially with this chronic pain, um, group of people, you know, started to put together, um, that everyone, I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but most people that have chronic pain have experienced some form of trauma and it may not be physical trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, it very well could be some kind of other trauma, emotional trauma, or something like that, where, um, you know, the neuroscience behind physical pain um, really comes down to the nervous system overreacting, especially with, with a chronic pain type situation. Right. And most of the time, people that have chronic pain can tie it back to a time in their life when they were either extremely stressed, had a huge, you know, event happen, maybe someone passing away, maybe losing a job, um, you know, just any number of things, a loss of a relationship, or maybe it was a physical trauma, like a car accident or something else. Um, and so what I noticed in physical therapy was there was only so much I could do for people um, at this point. And that if more people were more physically active and or more focused on their health, including their mental health, their physical health, all of that, um, as a preventative measure, I felt like I could make more of a difference in that way than just seeing people in the clinic and being kind of put in a box where, mm -hmm. you know, I'm licensed to do this one thing. And that's like the only thing that I can do. So, I mean, of course I was referring people to therapy and back to their primary care doctors and, you know, all those things. But, um, also with people that are in chronic pain, there's a lot of depression and anxiety and lack of motivation and lack of follow through um, with them helping themselves sometimes, which happens when you're yeah. in that state of mind. Um, so hopefully this isn't getting too long, but no, it's I fine. started yeah. teaching group fitness at the hospital. So, um, so I got an opportunity to teach a couch to 5k course. So Running is something also that I've always kind of done. Um, so I started teaching a couch to 5K program and had no idea what I was doing. It was like, hey, do you want to do it? I'm like, sure. I've, I'd never taught group fitness before. I'd never been in that position. Um, but I threw together a program based on like what I did with myself. And yeah. uh, it was amazing and felt really good. Um, and then I... Uh, started teaching a strength and conditioning program as well through the hospital. And that kind of helped me for the couple of years that I did that. I was leaving the clinic early and getting out to go do those things. Um, and then a friend of mine came up to me one day and said, you know, why don't you, um, I work at the Wisconsin Athletic Club now, a, a health club in southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, she's like, why don't you come to the WAC and teach group fitness? Because at the time I had a membership there and she's like, you know, at least your membership would be free. It'd save you a little money. And, and I was like, can I do that? <laughs> like, I just like, it didn't even occur to me that that's something I could do. She's like, yeah, for sure. They'd love to have you like your background. Her and I are both, both worked in the clinic together and yeah. she teaches cycle and she's actually a yoga instructor as well. And I'm like, oh, cool. So 
I went to the WAC, applied for a job teaching group fitness. Again, felt super underqualified, felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, even though I had taught for two years, I just, it was like that lack of confidence. Like, mm. I don't know. I just didn't think that I was good enough compared to the people they had there. Um, and that started going well. And the same friend said, why don't you pers- do personal training? Like, and I said, could I do that? It was like the same thing again. I'm like, I never even considered that. She's like, yeah, you can get your personal training certificate. Like, you know, enough about the body and anatomy and, you know, and so I did it (laughs) and I started training, um, and got to the point where I was so busy that I kind of had to make a choice between the two jobs because I was just working like crazy, had my kids at home, you know, personal life, all of that. And, um, I basically made the leap out of healthcare, you know, the safe, secure job where I have a guaranteed Mm -hmm. income and and all of that into um, personal training full-time, which was December of 2019. Whoa. So, you know, three months later, found myself without a job. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So um, our gym closed in March. um, And really those couple of months that I was full-time training were awesome. I was busy making Mm -hmm. money, like happy. Um, so that happened and, um, you know, the gym shut down. Fortunately, our, we reopened in June of 2020. So we reopened like way before most other health clubs, um, and most other like public facilities did. Uh, but in that time at home, um, I had another friend reach out to me was using an online platform to do some um basically personal training you know fitness kind of thing and um I had just kind of started my Instagram you know I'd always just use social media for um like personal use I guess and started to see how I could be using Instagram and Facebook and things like that to reach other people and how I really just started wanting to be like the person that people go to if they need help with with their physical fitness, with their mental health, um, not in a professional mental health way, but, you know, there's a huge tie between, um, our mental health and our status and our physical health and our financial health, Mm -hmm. like all of those things, um, really are connected. And I started realizing that. So, um, in 2020, I started doing you know, I had this chunk of time. So I started doing a lot of personal development, reading books, listening to podcasts, um, posting about my journey. And then an opportunity came for me to take a course to learn how to podcast. And I've always loved writing. And I feel like podcasting is like writing, just like with your voice. (laughs) um, I remember bringing it up to my husband. I'm like, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And so I took the course. Um, invested a little bit of money, a little bit of time. And I don't know, it's kind of taken off. So now I have kind of three different, I guess, things that I flow between, which is I'm still at the health club. I'm a personal trainer. Um, I also got promoted to our group fitness instructor um, this year. Uh, So I'm doing that. And I have my online fitness community that I help uh, train and coach nutrition through. Um, And then I have my podcast that I use to reach even more people. So um, I've really done a lot of finding myself 
over the last year for sure. Um, and just becoming confident in who I am and the abilities I have and the fact that, you know, just me showing up can help other people. So that's awesome. I love so many things about everything you just said. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I guess mostly it was so much. Yeah. It's <laughs> like just the finding resilience and holistic wellness and all of that. I'm all about it. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of people I meet have some kind of similar story, whether or not they're like, you know, personal trainers, group fitness instructors, like yoga teachers, whatever, like we kind of both are. I find that a lot of people that, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, everybody's been through stuff, right? And some people either get stuck in that yeah, and or other people like use it to flourish. And the common threads I usually see are some kind of like focus on holistic wellness, incorporating all that stuff, the mind, the body, the community, the relationships, financial wellness, all of that stuff. Yeah. I think I see those parallels a lot. Yeah. I, I agree with that, um, quite a bit. And I, I find a lot of people that kind of flow between, um, you know, having, also having some sort of like healthcare background and science type background as well. Um, I run into a lot of people that way where, um, you know, the, the science behind healthcare is amazing and I never want to downgrade what doctors can do, what medications can do, you know, in the right situation. Um, but one thing that really drives me is that we are kind of stuck in a society of, not really thinking about the consequences about how we live and Mm. then just expecting something to be able to fix it when it goes wrong. And um, especially with our healthcare, I mean, the way we eat, the way we sit all the time, the way, you know, it's just, I mean, you can literally prevent cancer. You can prevent disease. You can prevent um, pain. You can prevent illness by moving your body and eating nutritious food, you know, and just as simple as that. Um, And, you know, I really come from a disease prevention standpoint. I want to stop people from spending their lives digging themselves in a hole and then ending up in a hospital or some other kind of facility where the drugs they take keep them alive. And their quality of life is obviously not great. You know, we can live longer, healthier lives by just making some adjustments in the way that we eat, in the way that we move, um, in the way that we manage our busy schedules, right? Um, you know, we're all caught up in this, this world of chaos and constant uh, I don't know, achievement or something where people just feel like, you know, it's this badge of honor to be super busy and for your, you know, your, your kids to be in like seven different sports and activities. And it's like, um, more and more, I, I mean, I'm, I'm newer on this 
this journey and especially things like meditation and things like that. I mean, I've only been practicing for a little over a year, but, um, you know, the more that I sit and, uh, appreciate the quiet and the relaxation, the more I realize like, man, we are just in a world full of noise, (laughs) just constant noise. Um, and it's not good for us. No. And I agree. And I think that's where I found myself too with like, I mean, I went to engineering school. I had like a kind of similar parallel story with, I mean, so both of my parents weren't addicts, but my dad was a recovering alcoholic, but he was, I forget the word they used for it in the rooms where he was like just a dry drunk. That's the word. Like he, um, he didn't drink, but he still had all of the problems that addicts and alcoholics have. And he like was pretty unstable. My mom was super stable, so she was great. But went through a decent amount of trauma in my childhood and early teenagehood related to my dad. And so kind of similar story there, but I was still like, same thing. I was a good student, got myself into, into, into engineering school, but then also found myself in a codependent relationship. I used opioids with this guy, and then I did end up on opioids with him and then had to go down my own path with that. But I think that's also when I was kind of getting clean and trying to go back to engineering school. That's what I found myself with this, like, why is this the life that everybody wants? I I got into my third year in engineering school and was like doing, um, intern, like it was time for me to land an internship, right. For my senior year. And I did. And they just, the options that I was presented for internships, I was like, I don't want to move to like middle of nowhere, South Carolina, I mean, I live in North Carolina, so it was like three hours away from where I live, but it was like the middle of nowhere. And I was like, that's not, that doesn't sound fun to work in a factory. I was like, so I have a lot of family from the Midwest, from Iowa, and they, um, they have a lot of factories out there. And I was like, why would I get a four-year degree to work in a factory? You know, like if I wanted to work in a factory, I'll just not go to school, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like, right. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of what it was. It was like working, doing like ergonomic stuff. I don't know. Like I would have started definitely higher up in the factory than just getting a floor job and working my way up. But several of my family members in Iowa like worked their way up and they have like cush jobs in factories now. Anyway, that's beside the point. I just was like, I saw this lifestyle and I was like, why? Like, I do not want to do that for the next umpteen years of my life until I'm too old and tired and unhealthy because I've been working in this you know, desk job basically forever. Like you're saying like, um, and then, so I ended up going back to school for a degree for health years later when I like kind of found my way after I did my yoga teacher training and I just wanted to get a bachelor's degree and picked one out of a hat turned out to be a really good degree for me. But I remember taking this class and we read this book. It was about, it was on like some physical health stuff and it they said sitting is the new smoking because for people that sit eight hours a day, they have a lot of the same health outcomes that people that smoke their whole life do. Isn't that insane? That's nuts. So it's like, yeah, I just saw Mm -hmm. myself presented with those options and was like, that's not for me. I don't want to do that. I'm glad there are people that do same thing with like the medical world. I'm glad there are people that do. I'm glad. I don't think all of us need to like quit our jobs and become right. entrepreneurs. I don't think that's for everybody. That doesn't probably sound appealing to everybody like it does for us. Um, but I do think I agree 
that it's important. And I actually, maybe it's because where I live in Asheville, North Carolina is super like health conscious place um, in general. But I feel like I see a shift happening of people that are like more willing to take their health into their own hands and more willing to do these um, preventative measures of taking care of their health before more willing to like seek out holistic practitioners, you know, whether that be like I'm studying to become a yoga therapist. I don't have my certification yet. So that's like just a nomenclature thing, but I do yoga therapy. Yeah. Um, and, or like a personal trainer, which who will like also give you nutrition stuff. I don't know. I just see, I feel like I see more willingness of people to do that. And I wish even more of it on the world because I don't know, it's like my soapbox topic. I think it's so important that, you know, people take, make small changes in their lives to not make it to 60. Like, Oh, I just live this life because on autopilot, because I felt like this is what I had to do. Right. I think we all have more more freedom and more autonomy and choice right. than that. Yeah. Yeah. That brings up a good point. I feel like I've caught myself in that mindset a few times in my life too, of like, I'll just put my head down and stick it out until, right. right. And I, think, I think that's a generational thing as well, because um, I, I think, uh, I mean, I'm 34. So the age of my parents, you know, they're in their sixties. And I think during that time and even maybe the generation before it was like, doesn't matter if you like it or not, you're going to do it, make the money, like do the thing. And when you retire, then you can, then you can do whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like in my first relationship where I was in that not great, uh, relationship, I, I said, you know, I had, I I had my baby and like, I'm just gonna, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect. I'm going to put my head down and I'm just going to stick it out in this relationship because I said I was going to, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I, and, and I, there was a lot of guilt of leaving that relationship. Um, especially when there's a child involved, you know, and, um, but then it was the same thing when I was at work. I'm like, well, I almost have 10 years in, you know, I could just do this for another 30 years and then retire. And, but (laughs) like how, it's just so dumb. It's like, why would I waste my 30 years of my life to then get to whatever retirement age is? And then, like you said, if, you know, you spend, I wasn't sitting a lot, but um, my job was pretty physical, which I guess this one is now, but still like, why would you sit so unhappy for so many years of your life waiting to be happy? Like it just doesn't make sense. Well, and I think that's, yeah. Like when I quit engineering school, you know, three quarters of the way through it, a lot of my family was like, what are you doing? You know, like, why would you stop? You're almost there. And I think that brings a good point when you're like, what is the point of no return? You know, like you're 10 years into a career and you decide that's what actually like a lot of people, about half the people were either like, why don't you just stick it out for one more year? And the other half were like, at least you found out before it was too late. You know, (laughs) like, (laughs) so it's just, interesting I think it yeah we you can always you have that choice anytime and of course there are things that complicate it like having kids that's one thing I so my kid is a year and a half old and so I guess I'm still pretty new to this like mom stuff um actually he's almost two anyway um we're getting the swing of it but still he's small so it's like um I I think 
it complicates things in a lot of ways that I didn't, or I, I saw it before when people were like, I have kids, I can't just change on a dime. And it's like, maybe not on a dime, but you can change, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 And that's the point I like to make. I mean, I think in, um, even in my last episode, I, I talked about like, maybe your thing is a career change and it's not like anyone's telling you just to like quit your job today. I mean, right. if you can, good yeah. for you, like go for it. But you know, when you're making changes, whether it's a career change or a health change or a mindset change or, you know, a yoga practice or a meditation practice, you know, I always remind people there's a reason it's called a practice. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're ever going to be perfect at it and small changes, right? Yeah. And then when I look back at the last couple of years, I was kind of doing that same thing, right? I started teaching a little bit of group fitness and then a little bit of more. And then I kind of went into you know, so it was like a two year transition overall in me leaving one career and starting another mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have the option to just quit. Like I provided our health insurance. Um, obviously, a good percentage of our, our income was coming from me. So, it, you know, it's, but for some people, they can. Yeah. Just at the drop of a hat, say, I'm just going to change. And that's kind of the cool thing. You can change anything you want whenever you want. Yeah. Like, Five minutes from now, you could be a totally different person if you wanted to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I always like to say, you know, well, especially because I lead hikes for a living, um, yoga hikes. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're an adult. You can just run into the woods anytime you want. <laughs> like, I think I got that from a yeah. meme or something. But yeah. yeah, anytime you want, you can just run into the woods if you want to. Sure. You know? And it's like, yeah, okay, we have all this stuff preventing us. But I think that's... Yeah, I kind of talk about that a lot too on my podcast, like, because one of the things I do is astrology. Um, and that's why, so I'm like, this is weird. It's a weird balance because, you know, coming from my engineering background, I'm always like, I see the folks that do astrology and they're kind of like a little out there for me. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense, you know, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I've always been slightly interested in it my whole life. And now these days it was actually the kind of thing thing that during 2020 gave me a little bit of peace, I guess, you know, I really leaned into astrology more than I ever had yeah. that year. I'd always been interested in it, especially when I found out that the system of yoga, um, has its own system of astrology. I was always curious by it, but one of the things I've found is that it gives you like every month there's a new moon and every new moon you can like set intentions. You could do the same thing for the first of the month first of the year they're called like fresh start dates and like that's the evidence-based practice of it is sure as many fresh start dates as you can have the more likely you are to make change like using fresh start dates is a like evidence-based practice for making behavior change in your life and so like new year's is one of them yeah. for a lot of folks the first of the month monday i'll start on monday start my diet on monday and then I just like Monday. Yeah. Never miss a Monday, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll, I, so I lean into that with astrology. Yeah. I'm like, it, that's the biggest theme I've found with it is that it's all about your habits. It's all about what do you do on a constant basis? What, is, what are your patterns? And if you like them, cool, keep doing them, reinforce them. If not, you have all these fresh start dates and, options of things to just shine a little light on what you might want to change and make that slow, sustainable change to 
what you want to shift towards. Yeah. 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 So, um, I love that. I am like, I know nothing about astrology besides like the basics, but, uh, it's something I've kind of been dabbling into a little more lately too. And I think that's a natural pull for me as well. Um, just kind of getting into more of a holistic type mindset. Um, but yeah, I mean, astrology gives you, I feel like it's another band, a balance of kind of that science, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's, a lot of science behind astrology and, and the moon and, yeah. you know, all of those things. And, and I think it's hard, hard to deny that um, our bodies are tied to that, even, you know, us as females and the whole 28 right. day cycle. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, yeah, um, it's definitely very, a very interesting thing to look into for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, why don't you tell me a little more about like, your yoga therapy and how you decided to kind of get into that because I I'm really interested in that okay so like I alluded to a little bit before I was in engineering school had all this life stuff going on trauma relationship stuff um and it my addiction kind of came to a head at that time and by the time I went to rehab relapsed and all this you know addiction stuff that that addicts do. Um, by the time I started to get clean, um, so I had started doing yoga when I was a teenager, when I was like 15, 16, my mom would take me to the little local gym. I would do yoga classes at the local gym in a small town I grew up in. Um, and then when I went away to college, I kind of lost track of that slowly. Like I was still going, when I first went to college, um, but then I got more and more buried into this like super codependent, super unhealthy relationship, then eventually ended up super strung out on drugs. So you lose all your hat. You like, you don't do anything but drugs when you're on drugs. So, um, that's what I was doing for a period of time. But then when I finally got clean, um, I found my way back to yoga. And I think I always credited that with the reason that I stopped relapsing. And so then I was like, why? My analytical engineering mind was like, why? Why did that work? You know, I spent, I went to a year long program, relapsed after that, like went to another program, you know, like I kept relapsing and I was like, why? And it finally like hit me that it was the coping skills that I got, Um, which I was also in counseling at the time. So I like to say that too, that like, Um, I had this super awesome counselor and side note related to that. It took me a good several counselors before I found one that I really vibed with. But then when I did, she was like amazing. But part of what she was doing was like encouraging me to get back to the stuff that really lit me up, which one of those things was yoga. And I, so I started going to yoga at the gym again at the different gym, but I, I had moved to the city, Raleigh, North Carolina. I grew up about 30, 40 minutes outside of Raleigh in a really small town. Um, and so I had moved to the city by that point because that's where I was going to engineering school. And I was like, am I going to try to go back to engineering school? You know, I tried that one actually twice after trying to get clean and relapsed both times. And so I was like, maybe I better not do that. So what am I going to do instead? I'm going to go get a yoga teacher training <laughs> because that was what I had always 
wanted to do. And I just felt like I should do something because I still have this, like, have always had, I don't know. I've always like needed to work, wanted to better myself. Like I'm not a complacent person. Like I'm not the kind of person that's just going to sit. I was like working a waitressing job at the time. And the age I was like, a lot of my peers were just working their food service jobs and and happy. But I was like, I need a plan. So I'm going to go to yoga teacher training, Mm -hmm. you know, And so I did, and it just led me down this path of discovering for myself why yoga worked to keep me from using drugs. And to make a long story short, kind of what I found was um, it's yoga for trauma. Yoga helps heal trauma. It's kind of like what you were talking about with chronic, excuse me, chronic pain. Um, A lot of addiction also comes down to some trauma often. And trauma can be physical trauma, like like yeah. you're saying, a car accident. Mm-hmm. But car accidents can also be psychologically traumatic. Um, and so can things like – they call it big T or little t trauma sometimes. Like big T trauma is like you go through this big event and it's very, tra- you know, psychologically traumatic or physically and psychologically tra- traumatic. But little t trauma is like, you know, they could say like microaggressions related to – to race or some other identity that people say rude things to you all the time, it stresses you out all the time, um, or poverty, having a family that is, um, you know, like a, a family of addicts or what, you know, all these things like living, having a high stress job, even yeah. like you could have the picture perfect life and then go and become like some super high stress job and you still have the same outcomes. Uh, health-wise of the chronic stress that causes trauma. Like it disconnects people from their bodies. Um, chronic stress and big T or little T trauma, they disconnect people from their bodies. And what yoga does is it reconnects people to their bodies, yeah. which makes them then feel safe again in their body, in their mind. And so that's like the way – oversimplification of it. Um, (laughs) I've done a lot of research in the meantime. I've done a a lot of stuff um, in the meantime about that. And so now I'm studying to become a yoga therapist. And that's why I was like, I have to be careful. I can't just like say I'm a yoga therapist yet because I'm in training. The training is like three years long. I'm uh, almost through my second year of it. So I am like taking clients at this point. Um, And yeah, so so that's what I do now, and I just I incorporate the astrology because it's fun. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, what yoga therapy is like, one of my teachers is what maybe was I don't know if he still practices the like he was a PTA for like most of his career. I don't know if he's still like I think he still does okay. that a little bit. Yeah. But he's like a PTA and a yoga teacher. Right. right. Um. And so I think it's just that, like, it's super important to have that background, I think, somewhere. And I say this sometimes, too, like, I'm like, yoga teachers, don't, if you want to really understand anatomy, like, go to school for it. Don't get it from a yoga training. You know, I'm like, there are some things, like, I don't know, I'm pretty crunchy. I'm a yoga teacher. Like, I had a home birth with my son, but he's fully vaccinated. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I like to, to 
to make educated health choices and right. not just completely throw everything that Western medicine has out the window. I think, you know, if you break your arm, go to the freaking doctor, dude. Like, you know, um, if right. you get like a staph <laughs> infection, don't try to cure yeah. it with herbs, go get antibiotics. But, but a lot of things can be cured with herbs. Right. So anyway, that I, di- I digress. Right. Um, right. is like, yeah, the holistic, <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to have a really good solid background in science yeah. and anatomy and and evidence-based health. And that's what a lot a lot of what I get from the yoga yeah. therapy training versus just a regular yoga teacher training because yoga sure. teacher trainings, um, they yeah. – they focus a lot on the yoga philosophy, but to me that's important too. I don't know. I so sometimes I like kind of wrestle with that because I'm like I grew up in the Bible Belt, so maybe that's why I like the almost religious feeling aspects of it. I don't know because I, I don't identify as Christian yeah. anymore, but I spent <laughs> a majority of my life identifying as that. Not sure. a majority until you know, like my childhood, my formative years. Um, but by the time I was a yeah. teenager, I was like right, okay right. with not identifying as a Christian anymore, which was kind of hard in the South. Anyway, so sometimes I'm like, maybe that's why I like the the high spiritual aspects of yoga as opposed to just health, like holistic health in general. Right. I don't know. I think that, I think it's all important. Yeah. And I think, yeah, for sure. The, the spirituality practice, or piece of it is um, definitely something that is important for, I think, everyone in general, but also like healing from addiction, having some sort of spirituality, I think is really important, at least from what I've read and and what I've learned. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I I haven't been there myself. Um, I too grew up sort of, you know, identifying as a Christian. And at this point, I can say, I... I don't identify with a specific religion anymore mm-hmm. because it doesn't serve me in that yeah. sense. Um, but being spiritual is different from, from religion, right? Like you can yeah. be spiritual about the earth. You can be spiritual about, you can, you know, it's like one person's God is another person's Allah is another person's you know, what, whatever title you give your spirituality, you don't have to be tied to a deity specifically. Right. right? Um, so, but I do think spirituality is important is another important piece for people, um, to figure out like what, what fits them because, um, you know, you can be spiritual in many ways, but I do, from what I understand with, with recovery, especially, um, that having some form of spirituality is extremely helpful. Um, yeah. In, in that the 12 steps. So you, you probably yeah. found that, you know, in that yoga. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah. that's what I always think so, too. Like I um, always, for some reason, didn't really vibe with 12 step programs, but everybody was like, that's the, the way that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think what I found was all of the same facets in yoga was like the spirituality, mm-hmm. the higher power, you know, right. The, sure. the community, I, I think that's, you know, it's kind of like in my degree, we learned it as the dimensions of wellness, like financial wellness, 
physical wellness, environmental wellness, um, social wellness, spiritual wellness. There's like seven or eight of them, depending on which model you look at, but they're all important. You know, your physical wellness could incorporate your, your movement practice, whatever that is. And your, um, nutrition, Mm -hmm. your mental health is another dimension, mental wellness. Yeah. All those things. And so that's personally what I've found in yoga is that it just knocks them all out, you know, like they're all in there. Um, yeah, including community. Yeah. And so that's like a good, you know, I'm like solid. I'll just like stick with this, go deep down the rabbit hole of it. Cause I like to do that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I think there's like, like you're a health yeah, and coach now you're, and that's just as holistic yeah, I think, using, for folks. Yeah. 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 I think so too. Um, yeah. And I think that's why I definitely started kind of like the virtual form of health coaching as well, because, um, you know, I realized that not everybody wants to be in a gym. Not everybody can be in a gym. Um, and, and really just spreading the word about how you can find your, your physical outlet, whatever that is, in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many different forms of it. And um, helping teach people that, you know, some people might look at me and perceive me as like, well, you're an athlete or you're, of course, like you're fit and you've, all, you've always worked out and that's easy for you. And, and my message is like, sure, maybe you know, it's not easy to exercise, I don't think for anyone, but, um, but like also understanding, like everyone can find their own thing. And I want to help you move your body. So and find it in your way. So for someone like you, that's what yoga does for you on top of, you know, all the other things. Um, And just helping people understand the connection between, you know, like what you were just saying, your financial wellness, your physical wellness, really, all of those things have to align. And when they're not aligned, right, like one thing kind of feeds into the other. Um, and, and when one thing is out of alignment, it's kind of like everything gets thrown a little bit off. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. For sure. For sure. All right. So why don't you tell us how we can find you? Like, I know you're on Instagram. I know you're doing some mini retreats now, which I wish I was so much closer. I even thought about like, I wonder if I can get down there in September, but probably not. (laughs) Well, never fear. There will be more coming up. So um, yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm like, I actually just, I didn't think I'd get there in time, but on Monday, I don't know when you're going to air this episode actually, but uh, so starting Monday, September 6th for the new moon, I'm going to start offering virtual new moon circles, but the good thing is if this episode for some reason airs after that, I'm going to do them every new moon um, going forward virtually, so anybody anywhere can come to those. Um, so I guess I should say Yogi Scopes is my thing, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S, so you can find yogiscopes.com. Um, you can find my events and offerings there. You can find Instagram. Is a good, I am actually on Facebook more. So same thing, facebook.com slash yogiscopes. I have a group there. I love my Facebook group, but I have an Instagram. So any of those channels, website, Facebook, Instagram, all yogiscopes, good way to find me. But the, the upcoming mini retreat, so it's just a day-long um, retreat. But my plan 
is hopefully by next season, next like, you know, where I live in Asheville, it's like a very much tourist economy. So our seasons are like March to November, our big tourism season when people are coming here. So uh, that's kind of how we live our lives around here. Yeah. The tourism season. Um, so I'm hoping by next tourism season, by like March, <laughs> um, there will be lots more events. So if you can't make it to this one, no worries. Like, let's just stay in touch. Um, I'm hoping like starting out through yeah. the, through the winter time, it'll probably just be these full moon mini retreats on, on or near the day of the full moon happening one in September, one in December for the fall, for the solstice and then probably another one in the in March for the spring equinox and then after that I think we should be rolling I'll have more offerings because we're also moving right now we're like buying land and stuff anyway that was a long drawn out thing to say yogi scopes website y-o-g-i-s-c-o-p-e-s find me any of those places social media or on my website at yogi scopes and what about you where can we find you Perfect. Okay. So you can find me. Um, I am on Instagram at everybody with Cassie. So E-V-E-R-Y-B-O-D-Y with C-A-S-S-I-E. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page. Um, it um, also called everybody because that's the name of my podcast as well. Yeah. Um, and on um, I have a website as well everybodyhm.com. So everybody health mindset, HM is health, stands for health and mindset. So um, everybodyhm.com, you can find me there as well. So um, yeah, and I can include some of your links in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, Yeah, I look forward to connecting with you so much more. Um, Maybe I'll have to plan to get down to Asheville again next summer sometime. Definitely. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks yeah. so much for our conversation today. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, too. I really appreciate uh, you sharing everything with us as well. Oops.